yo, what's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know this. This is Kevin from the Cold Progression Podcast with Timothy Rocks. We're rocking metal thrive. Wish you guys a happy Tuesday. We're like over halfway through May. It is May 18th. It's already 18th. God damn. But I got a great episode for you today. So if you guys like Wavecore, okay, what's Wavecore exactly? Imagine Synthwave and Metalcore mixed into one. Kind of think about like Era and Northlane. There's a band out there called Dreamwake who was on the podcast today. And we go through their brand new song, Luna, in depth for you. And it's just something where you can see bringing that heaviness of metalcore in there along with the synth to kind of contrast against it heavily with a softer, smoother sound. Definitely is something for you to get to, like listen to and put your eye on because, um, put your eye on, I should say. Because I'll put it this way. If you think of it like era, this song definitely would be like a song on the album that came out this year and it would fit in perfectly. So definitely give it a listen after the podcast because these guys are absolutely hysterical. We go in depth with the song, what they've been doing, how they took 2020 and the whole entire shutdown. And also you get a good look into their personalities because we find out who their go-to Smash Bros. characters are. Are you guys ready? Because I am. So let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, one of the great PR reps that I'm in contact with sent me this band and said, hey, check this out. They got a brand new single coming out on 420. Yes, blaze it, because why, what other day would you come out with a single then on 420? And I said, okay, you know, give me a little background on the band. She said, if you, you like the band Era, then you'll like this band. I just kind of smiled because I recently did a video figuring out if I liked Era or not. Jumped into the song and I said, yep, here's what we can do. We'll feature the song as a song day feature on the day of the release. And then we'll talk to the band, the podcast, and get more people to know about them. So without further ado, everybody, please welcome the guys from the band Dreamwake. So guys, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hi, thanks for having us, bro. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on. How's everything going in your neck of the woods on this day in um, the world? Pretty great. Going pretty good. You know, just been uh, riding out the the effects of the song the past couple days. Been, you know... Dorphin high. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Definitely, it's, been, you know, definitely. it's been really cool. It's been been a long time since we dropped music and we've been sitting on this stuff for a long time. So, you know, we're doing pretty good. Our spirits are pretty high at the moment. Yeah. That's good to hear, just because especially with the year that we've had, especially like year to date, I should say, because actually year to date in like a month due to the fact that everything was shut down March 2020. No one knew what the hell was going on. And to just have some sort of moment where you get that endorphin high once again, where you're releasing stuff, seeing the impact of your music again on people. And then hopefully just are also seeing that, you know, certain tours are starting to come back, seeing certain tour announcements, certain festival announcements just yeah. must also like you guys release the music and then give you hope for the not too distant future to get back out on stage. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's, uh, it's definitely exciting. Like we've been, I feel like, you know, we've gone through a, a long year <laughs> with a lot it's of, so a lot of shit. It's been tough. You know, yeah, it was a slow, very slow climb to say the least. Right. Um, we've been kind of just grinding out for a long time. So like just to, you know, there's kind of like, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel almost, you know, we're seeing some tours being booked, like you said, and it's just, there's, there's hope, you know, there's yeah. hope that someday we can get back to what we do best is like, you know, yeah. travel and, mm-hmm. and just play music and meet new people and make friends. It's cool. Yeah. And then also do what you guys do best is play that kind of music where all of a sudden people are going to go crazy. And then I end up getting injured in a mosh pit and being happier than all hell to do that. So, and then crying right after that yeah. because they're so emotionally yeah, affected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So as we jump into this, I always like to start this pot, these podcasts out with three questions to each of you guys. Now okay. the first two of these questions, they're going to be super simple, super easy. 
where you're not going to have a problem answering them. But the third one kind of puts you on the spot a little bit, but it's always the most interesting one. So the first question is I want to know what your name is. So everyone gets to know what your name is. Two, when it comes to the band Dreamwake, what do you do in the band? Again, first two questions. Very simple. Now, here's where I get to have my fun. Ichi, I want to know a fun fact or an interesting story about yourselves that will hopefully make me fall out of my chair laughing hysterically. I've heard ones about uh, people chloroforming members of their band taken to the beach and then burying halfway in the sand, make it look like their uh, legs got chopped off. Um, when I got to talk with Diamante, she told me a story about how the bass from Hinder has this par- like party trick he always does and lights his balls on fire and doesn't get phased by it. So <laughs> I, I've, I've heard some interesting shit. So I want to see if you guys can top some of these. I've even heard people give me their Tinder bios, which was probably the most ridiculous one ever. And of course, if they gave you theirs, I'm like, okay, I'll give you mine too, because it's just funny, you know, got to reciprocate. So I'll let you guys take it away and we'll see if you guys can make me fall out of my chair laughing hysterically. Oh, oh shit. Oh, All man. right. That's a, that's uh, a right. tough one. <laughs> I'll let you pick it off. I'm going first. You're going first. <laughs> Dave's like, All right. Yes. Well, I'm Dave. I play guitar in Dreamwake. And <laughs> a fun fact about me that is going to make you laugh hysterically. Let's see. I got this is I gotta think about this to be honest. This is like a really tough one. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're very I, interesting, Dave. Come on, Dave. Yeah, man bun. Um <laughs> what was the craziest thing that ever happened to you ever? That ever happened to me ever. <laughs> yeah, it could it could be oh, when that. you guys were touring, it could be like when you were young, it could be anything, honestly. Uh, it could be anything. Dude, I don't know. You wanna man. skip and come back? I kind of do want to skip and come back. Please. All right, well, we'll put the pause on Dave for the story, but I do want to see what he comes <laughs> I up with. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not good on the spot. I'll think about it. Maybe when someone else goes in, you'll get inspired and remember a story like, oh, shit, that's the one yeah. I got for this. Right. Kevin? Um, my name's Kevin. Uh, I play bass. Um, and a little fun fact, I know I'll make some good meatballs in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin keeps making meatballs in his underwear. <laughs> Well, wasn't expecting that, but one thing I will say about Kevin is, my God, that guy's got a great name, doesn't he? I mean, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say, probably the best name between the four of you guys, oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but <laughs> in, 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 in my personal opinion, as a as Kevin, I think Kevin has the best name. I agree. But Kevin's a great I, name. I might be a little biased, just a little, <laughs> just a little, <laughs> a little. Okay, so I'll go next. I am Bobby. I sing for the band. And uh, I guess I can kind of give you guys a funny story as, as to how I kind of got in music. But um, so when I was younger, um, I, I obviously like really loved bands like Lincoln Park and stuff. So I, I would always like love to like pretend to play music and stuff. But that's besides the point. But anyway, um, so I also wanted to be like a professional skateboarder back then, too. Mm-hmm. And like so I, I kind of like chose skateboarding for a little bit until like one day I went, I went down this huge hill, like dude, like a million miles an hour. And like real, like going halfway down the hill, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm dead. I can't get off this. I'm going way too fast, you know. So, uh, so I'm going down the hill like a million miles an hour. I come to the bottom of it. I like my board's wobbling, so I hop off. I trip. I roll. I I break my arm. I get hurt. Whatever. So I break my arm. I get the cast off a couple months later, <laughs> and that same day I get the cast off, I go like skateboarding down my driveway again, and I immediately fell off my board and broke my arm again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> so terrible. So it was right then and there. I was like, you know what? Maybe sports just isn't for me. Maybe I should just do music instead. And that was what I just chose since that happened. And here I am. 
oddly enough, I can kind of relate to that. The fact that I remember I was one time I was camping and me and my friend, we were going down this massive hill on two Razor scooters. Oh. All right, that's a bad idea already. As we were going down, because it kind of, it went down, there was a little bit of a, it plateaued a little bit and then went back down again. So by the time we got to the plateau, like I jumped off, ended up going head first into a moving minivan. Oh, oh my God. To the point where the per- the person driver was like, oh my God, are you okay? I'm eight years old. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I jumped back <laughs> on the scooter thinking if that's the worst that can happen to me, well, we'll see what happens when we go down the next, the second half, go back down and there's this massive turn. And I'm like, there is a shit ton of gravel at the bottom oh, of this hill. Oh man. Fuck. Turn <laughs> all of a sudden I fall over and I go skidding across the gravel. And this is the first like 10 minutes that we arrive there. My buddy does the same thing. He didn't hit the car though. So he only got this. And I'm sitting there just like looking as an eight-year-old kid, just my whole entire left side of my body just scraped up to all hell. And I'm oh just thinking, God. eh, it was going to happen sometime. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like the price to pay with that. But it's just like, that's like the worst moment is when you're, when you're flying so fast and you know, you can't stop. And you, mm-hmm. you see like an obstruction coming up and you're like, Oh God, well now what? <laughs> <laughs> you got to just like go with it. But yeah, that's, well, that's how I got to music though. Mm-hmm. By breaking my arm twice and then just quitting sports and <laughs> doing music. So here I am. Well, maybe it was a good thing, oddly enough that you broke your arm twice yeah, yeah, on a skateboard. Yeah. God's, back plan. To back. God's plan. God's plan. <laughs> Say that a lot in this band. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I, so far, that's a pretty damn good one. I will give you that, Bobby. So thank you. Anything good happens, God's plan, bro. God's plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So I yeah. guess I'm up. I am Andrew. Uh, I play drums in the band. Um, and for the past three turns, I've been trying to think of a story that I can tell. <laughs> and uh, I usually like to think of myself as like the band clown. Um, usually it's Kevin, but like, I, I would I say you're know. the band cook, bro. I guess I'm this the band dude is, too. oh my God, well, like, this dude is the best cook. Don't, don't even sell yourself short, dude. This guy is a chef. This guy is a full on chef. This guy cooks the best meatballs and, and pasta. Like yeah, you, I, you I taught this man. I don't know why. When are you cooking meatballs in your underwear? Like? <laughs> I, I literally have a Polaroid of it. Why? <laughs> it was when we were actually recording Luna. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He yeah, made in meatballs Ohio. in his underwear. So. We, stayed in, we stayed in a, a place with uh yeah, with our producer. Yeah, we. Oh, we so, well, it was my bad. Uh, I mean, no, my, who's my cutting thing? who off? Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure who this <laughs> I was. I wasn't saying anything. Okay. All right. Oh. So we stayed. We stayed in the. He's just the narrator back. Here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, we uh, we were staying in the studio with our producer Steve, and we would make Sunday sauce. That was our. You know, we stayed there. I think there was actually three Sundays that overlapped. So every yeah. Sunday we would make. Pasta, sauce, meatballs, all this stuff. The whole Italian and works. Kevin's thing was playing. helping with the meatballs. So there's, a, there's a Polaroid of him in his underwear helping with the meatballs. I guess Andrew must have been downstairs, you know, doing something. <laughs> if Kevin so was in his Kevin, underwear. Yeah, Kevin making was upstairs meatballs. in his underwear making meatballs. You know? Concerned. I ate those meatballs. Yeah, well, when did that happen, dude? We ate that food. <laughs> so if you, if you made those uh, being out in Ohio and recording, um, I think what Dave failed to mention, which was like, I'm just going to tell the story because you, you missed out. Okay. <laughs> so Kevin, Kevin oh, thinks man. that he's a God uh, and he's going to antique everybody in the band. Damn, you just and fucking stole the, my story. He's the prankster. So, well, no, I'm, I'm giving you the story. Okay. So Dave got it in his head. We sent Kevin on a fool's errand. We were in Walmart in Ohio. And we sent it for like blinker fluid or something like that. 
Blinker fluid. What the fuck? Like the van needs Go grab taco sauce for the van. It has to say van sauce. He's looking for it. He's like, van sauce. So meanwhile, this kid, Dave, grabs a bag of flour and hides it in this little apartment for like, I don't know, a few days. Stole my prank. It's not your prank. Talked, <laughs> he talked a lot of shit. So he anyway, talked a lot of shit he back talked here, a lot of crap. He was like, oh, I'm going to antique you. I'm going to antique you. I'm going to antique you. I was like, all right, bet. And then he got and then, me. <laughs> and then so, Dave antiqued Kevin. That was actually going to be my story was I love to fuck with Kevin. That's my that's my favorite. Wait, can we swear on the podcast? Oh fuck yeah! You fucking kidding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I love to fuck with Kevin. It's like fuck. So he, like I said, he was talking all this shit. He was like, "I'm gonna antique you," which is, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know what antiquing is, it's when you take a bag of flour and you throw it in someone's face while they're sleeping. So they look like a dirty, dusty. <laughs> and then they get up and they're man. just like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. So we sent him on this mission for van sauce. You know, <laughs> we hid the flour in the cart. <laughs> <laughs> next morning comes we have this whole video of us in the bathroom getting a flower right Dude, it was so early i remember just sleeping and then like they was like yo i'm gonna anti kevin and you know i gotta be, I gotta <laughs> I be like, honest Whoa. i'm one of those people that feels bad about everything so i like i like didn't fully just smack him like i should have i you know i kind of like like sprinkled it on his face he was like going easy but the whole time me and andy were just like pour the whole bag pour the whole bag pour the whole bag and he was just sprinkling it and then kevin woke up <laughs> so pissed so, <laughs> Kevin got antiqued. He talked all the shit and he got antiqued. You know, just you wait. And now that, that and now that you know, I didn't really do it completely correct. It's gonna happen again, and we're gonna get it on video nah, and post it on the band page. Nah, what, what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw the the sandwich stuff, <laughs> uh, the lunch meat, the the turkey, <laughs> uh, yeah, the tomatoes. The yeah, make bun. a sandwich while he's sleeping. One, <laughs> two, tomato, <laughs> lettuce. Or what you can also do is you can just uh, go go do the antique thing, yeah, but also kind of mix it with the uh, uh what uh, Bam Margera would do with like the rocketing with Jackass, where you throw the water in someone's face and punch oh, on the other side. Oh, yeah. but instead yeah. of using, but of course, you know, you don't want to break Kevin's well, we, we face. Have, we have soccer boppers. Though. That's exactly where I was gonna go with this. You need soccer boppers. Have those. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like you gotta have soccer boppers, but I'm like also thinking. Wait a minute, if I bring up sock and boppers, because that was definitely like a late 90s toy, Dude, yo, I hope to God this guy's Listen, we are 90s kids, and we are all about all of that. So. <laughs> There's a Pac-Man machine sitting next to you, if you can't see it. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I mean, Hell yeah, yeah, man, Pac-Man machine. Oh, yeah, no, I can see, I can see the buttons, I can kind of see, the, is it Miss Pac-Man, though? Miss Pac-Man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can tell by the, uh, the just the way that the uh, little dashes looks, because, yeah, um... Yeah. yeah, I can see it because my uh my uncle and my uncle they have a place up north. They've got an old Pac Man machine up there, so it's like every time up oh, north, like sweet. I just oh, I, sweet, sweet. I'll play and see if I can beat my high score from when I was twelve, and I still haven't. Twelve <laughs> year old me would kick. Prime. That's your prime for video games. I, I was gonna say twelve year old me would kick twenty six year old me's ass in every video game, maybe <laughs> except like a good amount of N sixty four games. I think oh, I still oh, reign supreme. Favorite N sixty four game? Go Banjo Kazooie. Oh, okay. yes, dude, <laughs> yes. That is probably like, it, it's like, it's it fights with Mario 64 for my number one. Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie are like, uh, I mean, oh, dude, nice. dude, dude, chef's freaking kiss, bro. That game, yeah, that game. 
But, but I mean, nah. I mean, there's plenty more here. You got the original Smash. Oh my God, the Super Mario 64. The best, the best rail shooter of all time, Star, Star Fox. Fox. Yes. Bro. Oh I my mean, God. you gotta have Mario Kart in there. Let's be honest. Yeah, we don't. played that on the reg. Let's see what else on we got the reg. Well, I mean, if you're gonna have Mario Kart and you want to have a little bit of a crazier challenge, you gotta go Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong, yeah. there you Diddy go. Kong. Yeah, there we go. Oh, dude. oh my God. Let's see what else is right now. Oh right, God. I love you. Little banjo. Oh tree. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but if you want to go oh. like banjo because banjo is too kind of like cute, but also get really raunchy with it, you gotta have Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, you Fur gotta day. Go Let's go. Let's is that, wait, is that is that a real copy or is that like a? It's a straight up real copy. Oh, that's dude, awesome. that's a that's that's nice. Paper Mario, of course. You know, gotta have a little RPG action there. Um, if you want to spend a hundred hours trying to defeat something, DK sixty four because oh, dude, that's gonna yes. take you forever. Um, and what's any N64 collection without Legend of Zelda? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got it. Like that. Those are all the best games. GoldenEye. Because Goldeneye. You literally haven't missed yet. You haven't missed yet. Let's see what else we got Every here. Every single game has been absolutely Perfect fun. Dark. Yes, dude. For for Bobby, after he broke his arm twice while doing this, the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, every time you every time you open it up, the first track you hear is Superman by Goldfinger. And yes, 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 yes. Let's see what else we got here. That would be awesome. I think you guys would like. Oh shit! I'm so safe. Um, I'm fall. This time I'm falling all over the place now. Um. My friends and I would used to always play NFL Blitz all the time so that we could just pa use pass interference on everything. Oh, dude, Blitz? Blitz was sick. Yeah, wasn't that the game where you were able to, like, fight the players after the play was over? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, then a, yep. Really and then, of course, in there is Pokemon Stadium, both one and two. Oh, like, dude, Pokemon Stadium. There are a couple I'm still missing, but, you know, over time, I'll probably find them somewhere. I mean, I found Conker's Bad Fur. My brother actually got me Conker's Bad Fur Day. I think it was for my 21st birthday. Like, that was his gift. He's oh, like, here, enjoy. And I'm like, you actually, motherfucker. <laughs> I actually collect for N64s. It's, it's sick. I have a couple of, of um. do you remember those, like, colored consoles they had? Like, they're called, like, Fantastic. And yeah, like purple, blue, red. The, and they kind of like see through them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have, I've been trying to collect those. You mean kind of similar, like one of the controllers, like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. that, just like that. But so yeah, I collect, uh, I collect like all the consoles and the controllers and like the games. Just that was such like a huge piece of my childhood. It just I couldn't let it go, you know. Yeah, because I've, I've always had like I'll put it this way: the N64 technically is my brother's, but we made yeah. an even trade where he took. Everything we had in our PS2, everything with the Wii as well. And even though I played them the most, probably the Wii the most, but all of a sudden he's like, I'm like, you can take those, but I get that. Yeah, that's mine. <laughs> Clearly someone that's won mine. that trade and it was me. Because <laughs> like, I'll still play them. Like when I was in college, I took it with me and I because the trying to connect my Xbox to the internet was just a pain in the ass for every apartment yeah. I lived in. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm playing N64 all the time. Yeah, dude, right. Yeah. Just plug it in. You press the button that turns it on and boom. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like I'm waiting for my friends to get ready or my friends to come over to my apartment. We're gonna pregame and go out. It's like, well, what are you doing while you wait? I'm like, I'm literally playing Diddy Kong Racing Dude, and drinking yeah. my ass off while I wait for you guys. Oh my god, you are a beast. <laughs> we need to hang yeah. out. Oh, absolutely. And then <laughs> and then I'll put it this way. Or we'd go, or it's like even for my friends' houses at well, if I go by their apartments, it was we always had a Wii set up there, but we'd always have either Smash Bros or Mario Kart all the time. That's all we'd ever play. And it always Smash have drinking Bros. games involved in it. And I'm like, you know what? If you guys want to come over here, we'll do the same thing except two generations earlier and have a lot more <laughs> fun with it. Because, I mean, come on, it's N64. You can't not have fun playing N64. Oh, no. mm -mm. 
But yeah, we'll definitely have to hang out and just, you know, crank that bad boy open, crack open, you know, two, three cases of beer and just and that's have it, a man. good ass time. That's uh, it. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. I do that like weekly, honestly. <laughs> that's not a bad way to go about it. I haven't, I haven't been able to do that in a while just because I've been working my ass off too much. And then, of course, just the way life has been. But again, going back to like when I was in college, like five years ago, holy shit, that was, I mean, there were times where when I was living with my friends my junior year, if we didn't have anything going on, we just start doing that. Or even if we had things going on at night, it's like, okay, we're just going to start doing like don't drink and drive or drinking oh, and playing dude, Smash Bros. Don't drink and drive is so sick. But what would always end up happening is almost every single time we'd start playing, we'd start having a good time. You know, we're supposed to meet some people at the bars or something. It'd be like one in the morning and we'd realize that we had not stopped playing yet. We're like, you know what? Fuck this. Who cares? We're still going. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we're like the same way. We 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 used we used to play Smash Bros. like yep. every day. I broke so many controllers. It yeah, dude, Kevin has spiked so many controllers. Yeah. That's actually for a GameCube. Ironically, that's the only game now that I've gotten better at in like my adult life than like because I never really honestly played that as a kid. I was more of like a a PlayStation guy. I was just like strictly racing games. I don't know what my problem was, but <laughs> better at Smash. I can kick, oh, yeah, I can kick some of these guys' asses at mm-hmm. Smash now. All right, now I got to ask the question all for you guys. When it comes to Smash Bros, who is your go-to character? Uh, what Smash Bros? We talking like Melee? We talking the original? We talking? Um, I'll I'll put it this way because I know certain different characters have different attributes in different games. So okay. we'll, we'll say. Well, I mean, yeah, pick whichever one you want, or pick all of right. if you want. I really okay. don't mind. I so, want to hear this. Say which character from which game. Yeah, we'll go okay, that. okay, facts, facts. Um, I want to say Fox, and that's for all the smashes for me. Fox that's is like, my go-to. That's a good pick, because he does have some strength, but the quickness is just... He's quick as shit, everything. man. He's real quick. He's good. Uh, Link has always been my main, so he was always my go-to. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, like, I'm a Falco guy. I yeah, like, he, and he challenges me with I, the Falco. Yeah, Falco. Bob's probably the best one out of all of us. And sometimes I hold my own with when I use Falco and mm-hmm. not melee against Bob. I'm pretty solid, dude. <laughs> sometimes I've, I've gotten pretty good at it. Totally so. understandable. All right. Got one more. So I'm the Smash rookie. He is a Smash rookie. I am the Smash rookie. He just rookie. started playing. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I don't even know the characters well enough. I know that I like to use a little pink fucker. Kirby, 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 Kirby. Kirby. You don't know Kirby? I was going to say Kirby. Kirby. I'll beat you to it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you look stupid up in here. Listen, Kirby's one of the originals. However, oddly enough, I'm in almost total agreement with Kevin on this one because every single Smash I've played, Link has always been my go-to. Yeah, Link was my second. second. However, when I was growing up playing the original Smash on N64, Link was always my go-to. I was almost unstoppable against my friends and my brother and everybody. But then when we went off to college and everything, my best friend was playing it a lot in his dorm room because we went to different schools. Yeah. And he got super good as both Samus, because that's always been his go-to character, and Donkey Kong. And the problem with Link in the first... Uh, Link's really powerful, super-duper powerful in the first iteration of Smash. But yeah. the two problems is he's super heavy for his yeah. size, which makes no sense. Yeah. And to get those attacks to hit, it does have a little bit of a charge time. So if someone's quicker... It yeah. does, like I kept getting my ass kicked. I got. I was like, yeah. I have to find some way to beat my best friend or be able to match him up. So I went complete. When he go DK, I decided I'm gonna go as opposite as possible and try and beat him with a lot of quickness and a lot of and like being lighter and trying to avoid some hits. So I I go Pikachu at that point. Oh, Pikachu. okay, Pikachu. That's, right. okay. I have a I have a buddy that plays Pikachu a lot, but I don't really see Pikachu when I play people in Smash. Yeah. 
feel like that's not a, a rare. That's cool, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's when you take a look at the, the when you go for, to melee, then a brawl, then ultimate. Of course, you're gonna have a larger array of characters to work with. But when I'm yeah. like going back to the original, because that's what we were playing. It's like I've yeah. got a smaller base to work with, and hey, because he was so good at D with DK, I'm like I gotta yeah, find yeah, someone that's to, gonna be. And Pikachu's fast. I have to sacrifice the fact that I can get knocked out in three hits for the fact mm. that I can grab him quicker than he can. I can yeah. move around quicker than he can. I had to work with that. Yeah. Have to adapt and overcome. <laughs> yeah, we literally had a bear grills this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, adapt, Fantasy overcome. Style. But then it's always fun too because I haven't because like I still play the N sixty four one. I don't. I've never really. I never had a GameCube, so I don't didn't really play Melee. I played oh, Brawl a good amount with my best friend because we had when well, my brother had the Wii, but he took it. Yeah. So I haven't played Brawl since like twenty eighteen. And then when my friends got a couple of my other friends, they got uh, switches. So of course, if we're going by their house, that we're playing Ultimate and. It's always hilarious because they still play a lot. I don't. But uh, when we get to play, it's still, I'm a damn force to be reckoned with. And it's just the weirdest <laughs> thing. That's sick. That's awesome. Like, yo, bro, I'm still goaded. <laughs> like, like, people will get pissed off. It's like, all right, man. It's like, okay, what are we doing for characters? Pick your character and I'll land on Link. And there's like, fuck. <laughs> Uh-oh. Everyone just like sizing. <sighs> And it's like, all right, change your character. And everyone's like, Kevin, you can't be Link. And then I'll go like DK or Bowser or something like that or Ganondorf. And it's just they're like, why, do you, they're like, why are you doing this? I'm like, you guys are not able to hit me up. If you guys can get me off the map, then you got me. But yeah. that's a big task to take. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Playing like Ganondorf or somebody who hits hard. Oh, yeah, there's times where I'll get people, like, kind of, like, you know, like, smash them into the ground, so they're kind of stuck there. And then I get that yeah. uh, that B move where it's, like, the charge yeah, punch. The punch. Holy yeah. shit, do people go <laughs> flying. Yeah, it's some, some serious damage. That's a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of damage. It is a lot of good damage. However, of course, as much as I enjoy talking video games with you guys and Smash Bros, because that just is fun as all hell. Of yeah. course, the main purpose we're here is the fact that you guys have brand new music that has just come out on 420, and I hope the day beforehand, for good luck, that you put out milk and cookies for Willie Nelson to come by. Uh, of course. Yes. They were gone in the and morning. Snoopy. Yeah. Big Snoopy this a visit. <laughs> they, they were gone in the morning. There was there were some green crumbs around there, you know. Yeah. My, yeah. He left for, us some shake. For for YouTube's purposes, it was oregano, but we all know really what it was. Uh, <laughs> so of course you guys dropped you guys dropped Luna. You said your first single for in a while on 420 of 2021. And I got to ask because this is after the release of it. So far, what have you seen from the fans in terms of reception on this kind of a track? What's like this? Um, I mean, it's been honestly crazy. It's definitely been bigger than any release that we've had before, you know, um, which, you know, our last release was kind of like our debut. So it kind of makes sense. But it's really cool to see uh, a lot of new faces, you know, a lot of people sharing definitely. everything. This is like one of the most like, hyped up releases we've, we've had as a band yet so it's pretty cool to like you know we haven't done music or new music in a couple of years so it's like really nice to like have people there to kind of like welcome us back with like open arms and just like be really excited about all this stuff because we're really excited about all this we have a bunch of stuff planned yeah. so super grateful for uh, it's been a crazy good reception honestly i haven't yeah, really so seen awesome. one bad thing yet which yeah. is awesome you know so it's always that's good as well, especially because again, with your first release since pretty much like your debut at this point, and having it be a bigger release to get people more into it, it makes sense that you know you're gonna have a larger reception from. It. But the fact that there's been a lot more positivity behind it than maybe you expected yeah. at the forefront because there's a bunch of hype behind it, man. Yeah, we're like really like we're like 
I mean, we expected some hype behind it, but like the amount of that we've received so far has just been like everyone just keeps like I don't know, like yeah, a lot of people. Too, <laughs> it's so cool. cool. You know, it's it's so just, so reassuring. Yeah, you know, we, yeah. I mean, we put a lot like everything we have. Like I know everybody says that, but like we've literally put everything we have into this music, so it's yeah. very awesome to like see people digging it as much as we hope. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to making music, you ha- especially if this is what you love to do and this is what you want to do for the rest of life, you have to put yeah. everything you want into it. There is no room to leave anything out because I forgot who was I talking to recently about this. It was uh, Neil from the band Royal Bliss because we were talking about this similar situation where it's if you want to be in music and you want to go after exactly what you want to do in life, what you know what's going to make you happy, it's going to be hard to be the best possible at it. But you have to put in 100% every step of the way because... Yeah. If you want, like, kind of like as a, from a uh, musical standpoint, if you want to be the biggest band possible, if you want to achieve that goal, you want to achieve that growth, you want to make sure that you achieve what you want to achieve, you're going to have to put 100% in towards that goal. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And there's times where people do put 100% in and it might not happen, but sometimes it's you guys just maybe you just uh, didn't hit it the right time in terms of you just got to keep going and wait for something to just pop off. Like what seems like with Luna, with you guys gaining more momentum, especially going into the release of more new music and potentially another record. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's just been great. We're very super grateful for it. Yeah, so. Very, very overwhelming. It just, like Dave said before, we're, we're like very passionate about what we, you know, created. It's very like, it's, we've literally given everything we've had. Like, it's just, it's so re- like re- reassuring and like refreshing from like being away from the scene for so long, you know, like for COVID hit, can't play shows. We're kind of like not totally disconnected from the scene but like you know it's things are just different it's all online and we haven't been doing anything much because we've been behind the scenes so like it's just it's refreshing to like have people just kind of like like i said like welcome us back with like open arms and like very very positive and just everyone's it's kind of excited for us to be back so it's we're pretty excited to be back <laughs> yeah and there's been a lot of bands who it's just in the similar situation i mean every band's been in that similar situation where once COVID hit it was you know, you got to take a look and see where do you want to go from it from here. And because there were a good amount of bands that were like at the beginning, oh, we'll just wait it out because, you know, we're just pushing tours back a couple of months and we'll see what happens. But then as time went on, it was the bands that took the opportunity and looked at it and said, okay, this is happening right now. We're going to be stuck inside and stuck away from playing live shows or from the crowd or from the fans physically. I mean, you could always reach them out on social media, but physically for quite some time. How can we make this the best potential time for ourselves? And whether it's, you know, if you just had a recent release, I saw some bands like, I'm trying to think, From Ashes and New was a great example because they were going to put out a new record in 2020. They did a bunch of covers, even though they had a record ready to go and just connected well on social media to the point where when Panic dropped, that was a huge track for 2020. Then when the album dropped, everyone was anticipating it. From you guys, from your perspective, though, it seemed like you guys kind of took a step back because you were more focused in on writing these new songs, really focusing in on what you want to do here and make sure that as you were writing these and these were getting produced and everything was being put together, recorded for them, that you were making sure that everything flowed the way you wanted to flow. Everything hit the way you wanted to hit. And especially with the emotion and like with the emotion, all these tracks, you wanted that to match up exactly what you were trying to present. Exactly. We, I mean, you know, as soon as COVID hit, I'm, pretty much you know we all essentially hit our home studios and just started writing like the you know i'll what i can say is we do have a bunch of uh songs lined up we have a, a good couple handfuls and um you know that's a, the product of us all just being at home writing because of covid um and you know it's 
some of the most true and honest material that we've ever had. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely, it definitely paid I off. I feel like the, the timing of COVID kind of like benefited us in a way. Cause like it gave us the exact amount of time that we needed to step back from the scene and like, you know, not playing shows. It, it was really sad, but like at the same time, it gave us more time, like you said, for us to, kind of like write music and then like sit down and really focus on like decide where we want to go you know ex- what I mean? exactly we really honed in on like yeah what we, we want to portray as a band. we so we like, definitely really important. found more of our sound with this newer material like it's you know it's how it is but like i just feel like we 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 were kind of like with the first release we had like two couple of years ago it was kind of like we we knew what we wanted but we just didn't, didn't know how to get there essentially but when COVID hit and we started writing more music, we kind of like found something. We, 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 we like wrote one song that was kind of like what we wanted. Like, okay, like this is like, this would be really cool. Like how about, you know, we just keep doing this and see what happens. And we kept doing that and we kept writing more music and it just, we, it just, it's, we found us and it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a great way to look at it as well. And it's been a big thing that I've been looking at when ever since I really started interviewing bands on a consistent basis on this podcast, which oddly enough had started like a couple of weeks before the pandemic hit. So I've been doing this consistently. And that was always one of the big questions I had, especially in March and April and May of 2020, where it was, okay, yeah, we're completely shut down now. So what is the plan like going forward for those bands? And it was always interesting hearing what people were planning on doing or thinking about doing. And then of course, as time has gone on, now we're in 2021. And the questions I ask is, you know, what's the plan of course, going forward for the rest of the year for 2021. But I also ask, what were you guys doing back in 2020 when all this stuff was happening? Because I know there were probably a good amount of bands that didn't know what was going on and kind of held back and were just waiting it out and seeing what happened and kind of just being like, Oh, you know, I wish it was the other way. I wish we were still playing shows. But what you guys did was you took the time. It was, yeah, you pulled back from this. You pulled back from being more active, like on social media and stuff from the scene, but it was the, probably the right move in the end because you found out exactly what you want to do. You're able to write and really kind of take a look and see, okay, when it comes to Dreamwake, what is the sound that we want to have? Exactly. What's the thing that gets us all hyped and up, you know, to wake up in the morning and listen to this stuff, work on this stuff to the point where when live shows return, we go out on stage and the music that we're presenting is exactly what we want to present. So when we go out there and say we are Dreamwake and we start playing that those songs, it's like people are going to look at those and say, when I'm thinking of Dreamwake, this is what I'm thinking of. This is the core sound behind what they have. Exactly. Right. exactly. You know, and we've, um, we also just took a lot of time to learn about our weaknesses as a band too, which is important, you know? Um, you know, like we always feel like our strong points um, comes from to playing live shows. Like that's where we, that's where we really shine. That's our, that's our best, you know, that's what, where we do our best. But um you know, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, like, like promoting yourself and putting yourself out there. We did a lot of learning about that, that this year too, that, um, you know, we wouldn't have really, we probably wouldn't have taken such a step back and looked at if this didn't happen. So, you know, that's another yeah, thing. Agree. We Definitely. learned a lot about yeah. what we need to do as a band behind the scenes. We and sharpened our skills. How to really, yeah. yeah how to really, um, Definitely. you know, go about things the quote unquote right way or how we think we should do it. Yeah. Yeah, because especially if your strong point is playing live shows, then if that's being taken away, then you have to take a look at other aspects and see, okay, maybe, because one thing I'm still a big proponent of is like, if you have a strength, definitely double down on that strength, because that's going to be the thing that is going to be the most comfortable for you and you're going to carry it. But in this instance, your strength was essentially taken away. So it was, let's take a look to like learn everything all over essentially, you know? 
Yeah, and, and instead of sitting there and just waiting for the water to overtake you and then sink to the bottom and start sleeping with the fishes, you yep. end up swimming and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you notice certain things about promoting your music, certain things about your sound as well and creating it and making sure that when it comes time for you guys to release new music like you just did and then for live shows to return, you guys have all these different strengths and all these different built-up skill sets in your arsenal, not only from a musical and a performance side, but also more the business side of it as well in terms of marketing, promotion, um, potential, you know, shopping for a record deal. If you guys are ever going to do something like that, taking a look and seeing how that works and understanding the nuances of that, because we do know the horror stories of bands and record contracts. I mean, yeah. We, I'll play this way. We all know the story of Victory Records and a day to remember. We all know what happened yeah. there. And it's kind of like you guys are able to take the time to make sure you knew the in, certain ins and outs of it so that if you get put into a position for a record deal at some point in the future, yeah. you kind of have an idea of what you're looking for. And you can already kind of figure out and see if you're, these labels are going to be shopping themselves to you, then what you're looking for, what you're not looking for, and maybe some of the telltale signs of oh, you said it this, you said this in this way, but every time I hear it this way, I know what that means. And that might yeah. not be something yeah. we want to go into. So you just like that one little quip, like exactly. tidbit. it's like, okay, thank you for your time, but we're not going with you, sir. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, definitely did a lot of learning in that aspect. So that was another, another positive of us being at home. <laughs> yeah. No one really knows what actually goes into it or no one really talks about it i guess i should say like obviously a lot of people know but a lot of people don't really see how much work goes into the behind the scenes business side it's of a things. lot of you know, stuff man it's a lot of stuff you you don't even really want it always to do, it always just keeps funny. going you know there's always always <laughs> something that's like you know you got to take care of yeah there's always something it's, you know, it's, it's never all, just dead it's all for the sake of getting your music out there and doing what you love so you know you do it and it's, it's a lot of work but it's, you know it's just it's worth it though built up over the past year you know Oh, absolutely. Because if I'll put it this way, if you ask me, like, what comes, what goes into like releasing a single or releasing an album, and like at this time last year, I probably would have looked and said, "Uh, I don't really know." But over time, doing this podcast and hearing what different bands have gone through and be able to openly talk about the process of this, because of course, people are going to be interested in it at some point due to the fact that you guys release music. Like, how do you do this? And other bands that are growing as well. How do these other bands go about this and kind of are able to learn from the successes of bands like you guys or bands that are also coming out with new music, maybe more on an independent side of things just because you're seeing what all comes in there. I mean, how when I got to talk to Diamante with her new album coming out on the 7th of May with her doing it all independently and hearing all the stories that she had going through that, I'm like, I'm finding out more and more about what it takes in terms of letting like distributing an album making sure it gets the right place when it comes to a tour understanding where you want to go and how to plan these things out and what's going to work best in terms of ticket sales what works best in terms of merch sales all that kind of stuff or even taking a look at another example look at uh, while she sleeps with what they did with their in releasing their album independently and literally having their road crew and their whole entire team to work on the distribution of it which unfortunately took them uh, from the uh potentially be charted for it but if you looked at the numbers and how many sales they got in the first week, they should have charted at number four in the UK. Oh, wow. wow. That's great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a lot. It's a you know, it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you, the thing is, you can start seeing those parallels and they're starting to become more of a, there's been a little bit of a light shine on the process behind when bands go through, okay, when it comes time to whether it's a song or record EP, whatever it might be. 
from conception to delivery and everything in between. People are starting to see a little bit more of that. And through me talking to you guys on the podcast and other bands as well, I'm starting to see some of the other nuances that come in there when it comes to, okay, writing this stuff, uh, maybe working on it as a band overall, this instead of after writing it to figure out what works, what doesn't, what you want to try, what you don't want to try, recording and seeing how everything works, mixing, mastering, marketing, and then delivering that single at the same time and everything else in between there. Because I know I didn't include everything in that little tidbit, right. but... <laughs> I included like the, a good amount of the main points, but there is so much more in there. Just a lot of random stuff that yeah. you don't even think about. Like, you know, sometimes I'll tell my friends at work, like what I have to deal with as far as the business side go. And it's just stuff that you don't even think about. Like, yeah. why do you even have to do that? You know? like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's Those, just like, there's so many moving parts that go into it, but it's just, that's just how it is. At the end of the day, it's like so satisfying though, after like, you know, lining everything up, getting everything all situated. Yeah. And, and like watching, executing. Yeah. Watching a single and watching the fireworks. Happen. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a lot of work leading up to that release. Like a lot of work, a lot, a lot of stress, a lot yeah. of arguments. I took off work. <laughs> I was like, I can't be a lot of just like, you know, but we eventually, you know, got it all done and it launched and it's so far doing really well. So we're really happy with it. Yeah. And that's the key as well. And well, how about we actually jump into the track as well? Because especially with really figuring out about the track, I mean, I whenever I listen to something like this and I have a band on the podcast, especially if there's a new song album coming out, I will always do my own deep dive into it due to the fact that I want to know the most about the song to the point where I want to understand what you guys are trying to achieve on this song. And also in, in my mind, was that achieved at the same time as well in terms of delivery on the message, how the instrumentals work with every, all the different sounds, how, if they mix in together, if the emotions work well, and if there's something that I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of, I will try and do three things. One, I'll try and figure out why I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Two, why the artist put that in there, what the purpose behind it was. Yeah. And three, does it also make sense in my mind? Maybe it's something where if I don't like it, I'll explain why, but I always get it. Like I will always give an insane amount of context behind it. Cause there are times where it's like, I, it just doesn't hit me very well. But then again, when it comes to the music that I listen to, I like everything so brash and upfront and raw that that's just yeah, my kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. My favorite genres are punk rock, hard rock, and metalcore. So okay, if, yeah. if it's not delivered straight to my face, then oh, it's, I feel like oh, it might not be the bit like the thing I'm like kind of pulling back on. But I always do that just for context purposes. So then when I go into a song, if kind of like if I'm trying to give my opinion on it or I'm trying to talk to someone about the song, if I, I can deliver it the best way possible. That's pretty right. much what I go with. Yeah. So the first thing I'd ask about Luna is when you guys were, were coming up with this song, what was the whole entire process? What was the inspiration behind the song? And what were you guys, when it came to the lyrics, when it came to the mess behind the song, what was that message? Because I was trying to figure it out and I want to see if what I figured out matched up with what you guys wanted. However, right. the other thing too, is when it comes to messages, it's, we're all going to relate our, the messages to the song maybe a little bit differently because yeah, all, all of which yeah, is something we, we like to do. Yeah, it's kind of like how we how we write the songs uh, lyrically. Um, I, I mean, I guess I can start this answer off, but um, the song roughly is uh, just about like running from yourself in a way. Like you, you, it's like you, for you, like running from all the toxic traits and all like the I guess the bad habits and like all the all the, the bad parts of yourself. Like you, like you can only run from them for so yeah, long. Like it, it's always going to catch up with you at the, at the end of the day. You can't really run them run from then you have to like kind of just face them head on and like address them but like i wanted I, the song was very aggressive because i wanted the song to be the song is very angry it's like you know about the person being very upset with themselves very like just angry that they're in this 
constant like vicious cycle of just like you know self-sabotage and whatnot so i wanted i wanted the instrumentals to be very like you know in your face and just like aggressive because like uh, the state i was in when i wrote the lyrics i was just very just you know angry and like upset so i wanted to just kind of like portray that as best i could and you know and then we all kind of just collaborated it came from one, one riff and then we all kind of collaborated and they made it the whole song but uh yeah that's like pretty much just like you can only run from yourself for you know the next amount of time like it's always going to catch up to you at some point unless you just face it head on and just kind of like address it and work through it interesting because uh, i'll say i took it a little like the meaning behind it i kind of took it a little bit differently yeah okay, i'm curious to see yeah. what you yeah think okay now when, uh, uh just a little bit of a fair warning if you guys see me talking about this and it seems like i'm turning my head not looking at you guys it's because I've got a whole entire note sheet of what I thought of the song okay. written up on a different screen. Right. And the reason I keep looking over there is because I don't want to fuck this up. That's <laughs> So when I was going through it, I was trying to like understand the meaning of it. That's always the first thing I try and understand because of how I relate to the meaning. And then, of course, because that's going to always show where the instrumentals are going, where the vocals are going, and how everything's tied in, in my mind. That's just how I work. And mm -hmm. I thought it was like kind of like recognizing that there is a light to be found in the darkness when we were having troubles in life and we were looking for those positive points to try and better ourselves. Cause I was taking a look at trying to figure out if there's any historical context behind the name, like the word Luna or the name Luna. Cause I kept thinking Luna lunar, there's gotta be something about that. And Luna is technically the Roman God of the moon. So I'm yeah. thinking at no, especially go back to Roman times. You know, this is, you know, basically when we like time of Jesus and you think about, you know, no electricity, the only, only kind of light during the day is the sun. The only kind of light at night is either if you got fire or the moonlight. So it's just in the darkness, what's that one beacon that you see? It's the moon. So it's yeah. kind of in that dark time, you kind of take a look at that light and you know there's, that there's a light in the darkness. Yeah, that's that kind of like, it ties into what I kind of wrote. Like, it's pretty cool. That's a yeah, very that's like, a, that's a cool interpretation. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like there's something kind of like, that's kind of far from you. That's guiding you in a way, you know, kind of like, just like, it's that, that small ray of hope when you're feeling like really down in yourself or just really lost. Like there's always that, that one small ray of just like, you know, you know, things might be better eventually, yeah. you know? And, you know, I mean, when you're facing things, like we mentioned in the song, you know, it might feel really dark, but, if you keep your eye on that one piece of light, you know, you can get through it. Mm -hmm. yeah, you, keep that, you, keep, you keep your mind on that one piece of hope that you're able to, and you're able to get through it. And again, it, I'll put it this way. It's kind of interesting because it does tie into what the original me was that you said about it. Cause when you take a look at it, it's you're taking a look at it more on the front end of it, where it's, you have all these problems that you constantly trying to run away from them. But the, if you keep trying to run away from them, those problems, they're always going to be a little bit faster than you. You might be ahead of them at some point, but they're always going to be faster. You're going to catch up. They catch up to you eventually. Yeah. So it's like that's the first half, and I kind of looked at it as the second half where those problems have already caved in on you, and you're trying to break away from them, and that right. light is the beacon of hope afterwards. But then again, that also could come in terms of what the personal experiences that each listener has had in terms of how they're going to interpret this. Myself, I always kind of take a look at that light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing just through the fact that, A, we just went, we've grown, we're still at towards the end of the pandemic, hopefully. And again, starting to see live shows come potentially come back. The hope is that beacon and it's there. And I'm starting to see that light where it's like, we are finally coming to the point where we're going to be able to get back to live shows. Plus yeah. if I go back to when I wasn't like, you know, go back four years in 2017, it was, I felt like I, there was no hope like for my, for my life. It was just, there was horrible things. There's things just were not happening well for my mindset 
and I hated where my life was going and it felt like, you know, I, sh- why, why even be alive at this point? So and there was all, and music ended up being that one little beacon of hope that was like, nah, 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 you can keep going. It'll get better. It'll yes. get better. So kind of those different experiences also influence your overall interpretation of each and every song you listen to. The core, of course, is going to be the very the, the the base. The core of the message is going to be the same across everybody because that's what's going to be delivered. But yes. how everybody takes it, it's all going to depend on their personal experience. Yes. Right, and that's that's kind of exactly what we wanted to portray too. You know, you don't we don't want to give it a negative connotation in the sense where you're angry, upset, and fighting bad things about yourself. But we want to like let people know that they're not alone, and we struggle with stuff too, and everybody struggles with with stuff. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to have to go through stuff in life. And it's never, yeah. it's not always going to be easy, but you, you know, but that you one beacon of you hope will get you through and you, you know, you can overcome whatever, as long yeah. as you, as long as you keep that beacon of hope. Absolutely. Cause it's just, if you, if you made something that was just like straight negative, it wasn't going to work, but it's something where you're trying to connect with the fans at the same point as well, where like Bobby said, where it's just, you know, you have, you're trying to run away from uh, hardships, personal problems, personal things that are keeping you down and you're trying to avoid them. We all go through something like that. We're trying to avoid the negative things in our life. But if we keep trying to avoid them, the more they're going to grow, the bigger they're going to get, the faster they're going to get, and they're going to catch up to us. So it's the connection that, you know, you guys aren't the only ones going through this. As musicians, we're going through this too, kind of just taking that from your perspective. It connects with the fans in in a certain way where, like myself listening to this track, I connected with it in a way kind of what happens after those those negative emotions, those bad times when they right. catch up with you. What yeah. happens when that happens? How does this track look? And it's just, you take a look and there's that beacon of hope in the night yep. and it's, you just got to focus on it because mm-hmm. there's going to be so many other dark times, bad things that do happen. But if you keep focusing on the positive, what's going to happen is, is all, all of a sudden those dark times are going to go away because hell, the sun's going to come up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good mindset to keep when you're kind of like in that you know that slump or whatever you want to call it. Because you know it, you know, it, I, I look at life as like a like a you know a pendulum, you know, like kind of constantly swinging, and like you're gonna be like you know on one side, and eventually you will be on the other side. It's just constantly. It's that's kind of like how life is too. Is like life's always gonna throw you like its own challenges and your own, its own like you know it's it's not always gonna be easy. Like life isn't totally just like you know <laughs> rainbows and like sunshine you know it's there's 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 battles to be fought you know all throughout and like you're not going through it alone like there's other people out there that are going through like maybe not the same thing you are but you know very similar things are just you know their own struggles so yeah it's kind of think about at times life is like a south park's imagination land where <laughs> you're gonna have the sunshine yeah. and rainbows and all the great stuff on one side that's kind of like when you're going through life and you're just like everything seems to be going right. You're on top of your game. You're on top yeah. of the world. If that's what it feels like. But then there's also that bear with all the evil stuff on the other side Definitely. where that's your dark times. And also there are times where those dark times and those good times, they kind of intertwine. And that's like, again, like the battle for imagination yeah. right there. It, I, it really is though. <laughs> that, I can't believe I just made an imagination. In, in the song and being that like, you kind of can't have good without the bad. You can't have bad without the good. So like, no matter what there is, um, you can't really ever run from the bad because it's in a way always going to be there. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. You have to kind of face it head on. So we kind of, the way I interpret it, which may be the way anybody else does, I'm happy that we all arrived on the name Luna. 
but like the way I interpret it is everybody has like if you imagine like the sun opposite as like the good and then you know moon as like your darker energy or like darker feelings darker thoughts whatever mm. not dark thoughts fire mind um <laughs> But like it, it's the it's the back and forth, you know, and you you in a way can't have one without the, the other, it's and true. you know you can try to run, but the only way to face the parts of yourself that you're not happy with are to actually address them head on, and you know this is just our testament to trying to do that with ourselves and yes. grow. And and again, for everyone listening, just see the amazing thing that just happened where it's we all have different. Like if you look at a, like like the specifics are interpretations of the song, they're all kind of different, but they all deal with that core of there are bad times and there are good times, and it all depends upon what how outside you look at it. Are you trying to avoid the bad times? Can you not have the bad with the good when you're in those bad times? How do you make sure that you stay positive during those bad times because you don't want those bad times to last forever? And they won't last forever because nothing lasts forever. But mm-hmm. when it seems like they they do what's that thing that you can do to make sure like, you know, that folks on that positive positivity to make sure you get through this. It's just insane where the fact that we all kind of have these different like specific interpretations of it. But when it gets down to the core of the message of the song, it is in the exact same realm. Yes. Right. Exactly. And again, that's the beauty of music right there. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's something we try to um, portray through all of our music too, is like that endearing feeling, you know, like throughout the instrumentals, lyrically everything you know we want to make people feel you know they want to people feel endeared you know yeah like like you said before like music Connected. music kind of saved your life and you know as it did for me too and i can probably say you guys and like a few other people but like it's just that you know once i felt that feeling of, of comfort and like listening to music that kind of like i i was able to like relate to and like i didn't feel alone like i just i knew right there like that was why i love music so much and like and that's why you know we kind of brought that to the table with us and we kind of made that our messages like you know we've at one point each felt like you know like we couldn't go any further and then like i'm sure we've each you know turned to music at some point our favorite band and like just vibed out to like an album or something like all the way through and like you feel a bit better afterwards it's like almost like a session of therapy you know and that's something we want to deliver to other people too exactly and we want to kind of like extend that and and help it's going to sound generic, but we kind of want to like help everyone else that experiences. Like I, I want people to feel that comfort that I felt at that one point, you know, like something like that. Like we want, I want to help everyone else that everyone that's, that feels helpless. I want to make them connect feel, them. yeah, connect with them and make them feel comforted, I guess. And, and make them feel like, you know, if they feel helpless that, you know, there are times where, again, there's going to be times where things yes. are bad. There's going to be times though where things are good and those bad times are not going to last forever. And it's when it comes to these times when people are going to listen to your music, they're going to be able to connect with that to a point where they're going to be able to, at times, not necessarily, I would say, forget about the bad times, but remember about the good times and be inspired by the fact that those good times do come back. Because I'll even bring up, I'll bring up, like, I'll bring up kind of a story that kind of ties into this. Back, okay. tw- back in 2017, when I was just not doing well at all, yeah. I didn't even want to listen to my favorite band anymore. And the reason behind that was because a lot of things that happened the year prior that ended up just kind of going that's going south in the end yeah a lot of new emotions a lot of new memories were tied into a lot of the songs i listened to from this band i'm like i can't listen to this however the one saving grace at that point was the fact that they came out the new album right before everything went to shit so i didn't have those bad memories tied to that album 
Okay. They ended up playing in Janesville, Wisconsin at a, at a very small music festival. They headlined it. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'm taking my favorite band back at this moment. I yeah. waited at the stage. I'm like, Stone Sour is playing next. I could go see Corey Taylor, but I am not moving from here. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, not doing it. Sitting there waiting all of a sudden. It's like, okay, I hope to God that I just feel better. All of a sudden, here comes Rise Against goes on stage. And the first from the first note, I had completely forgot yes. about anything that was bad in my life. That feeling, bro. That feeling that's, of just, you know, like. That's literally why we play music. You yep, know? It is. I want to give that feeling to other people. And, that's what we feel, especially you know? when we're like, when we're playing our own music, like even during practice, we all just kind of just like all like, it's like. You just put your whole amount of emotion into it. And when you can completely zone into it, it's like the best feeling ever. You know what I mean? You, you like you, leave you all your problems at the door. You leave all your problems yeah. at the door. You come in, you vibe out, we jam out. We, just, we all just connect on this certain wavelength. <laughs> it yep. just, it just, you can, you can feel it. It's, it's weird. It's just like, it's so, it's such a nice and like warm feeling. And we want to kind of like do that in a live setting and like connect everyone at the same time. And like, just I don't know. Everyone just kind of it's like on the same page in a way, you know. Being completely it, in the moment is a completely in the moment is a magical and thing. the connection. That's just the best yeah, part yeah. about music is the connection. It's yeah. really it's. I'll put it this way because I've talked about this plenty of times and I've pretty much got this down to my own theory where it's <laughs> the reason why that happens, especially in the live shows, because everyone's at that live show due to the fact that there is a band that is there that night on stage, whether it's you guys, whether it's whoever else you're playing with that they connect with in this incredibly emotionally positive way. Yeah. Right. Now it might not be the same band that's on the state. That's going to be on stage at that point that I like that I'm mm-hmm. there, that I'm there for, for that reason, or it might not be, it might be the same band, but the reason for the positivity might be completely different, but what's the key. We all relate to something with that band. We all connect that band, whatever, whoever it is, in a positive way. That is yep. the utmost key. So that's why when you go to a rock and metal show, in my opinion, it's a whole entire family vibe because we're all there. We it check is. our, we it's like so- check our problems at the door. We're like, no, 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 you fuckers stay out there. We're having yeah. fun here. Hell, yeah. people get into a mosh pit like myself. We'll just go absolutely ape shit. It'll look like we're trying to kill each other. But at <laughs> the end of the set, hell, we're giving everybody high fives and hugs and we're happy as all hell. Even if someone's bleeding all over the place, we're like, dude, fuck yeah. Woo. <laughs> exactly. dude, I'll, I'll literally come, I'll literally get done with a show. And my entire back and neck will be just, I'll feel like I'm paralyzed for a little bit because I went so hard, but it's just so yes. worth it. You know what I mean? You have like to. You, you, you have just to put like, everything into it and it's just, it's just what I live for, to you be just honest. Let, you know? let the music kind of come out of your body. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just, weird, huh? and it's just the, you know, it's like the, the biggest outlet that we have. It's just a very powerful thing. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the style of music that you guys play well, especially on Luna, because it did have that heavier, fast paced style. And one thing I was trying to look think about was like, especially because when I got the message about your band and like taking a look at it, seeing kind of like there was like kind of, if you like a band like Era, you're going to like this. And I literally went through a whole entire Era run through because I really hadn't listened to the band beforehand. I made a whole entire video before, like the week before I'm like, do I like the band or not? Like really trying to figure <laughs> it out. They're a great so, band. Yeah. So when I saw this, I'm like, okay, what kind of style of Era am I getting though? Am I going to get the first two albums where it's, a lot heavier, but also, you know, you're going to get that lighter guitar up in there to really create that contrast or you get something more like albums three and four where you're going to get that, but there's a lot more of like an electronic synth that's over it. Or you get something like their self tile that came out in 2021 that kind of mixes both what one and two did and what three and four did and put it all together. Yeah. All of the above. All of the above. above. (laughs) If I could speak on that, um, go for it. Bob and I are probably the biggest era fans in the band. Uh, we 
swear by their first two albums. I have yeah. to say, Augment Impulse and, and Augment. Uh, Impulse, yeah. They those, you know. Oh, Augment just literally took me. I'm like, how the fuck did it take me this what, long to listen to this shit? Like, you yeah. gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just what got us into a more progressive style, like spacey style metalcore. You know what I mean? Yeah, Something, very like you know, more. You know, it took us out of that like post-hardcore realm and really took us into the the more riffy style. Yeah, a lot of a lot more taste into into metal. You know yes. what I mean? And that was that impulse album. It's funny that one you, of the best that she. Yeah, I don't know. Eric, like whenever we play shows or when when we used to play shows, um, like almost every show, someone would come up to us afterwards, like, "Oh my god, you guys are so sick. You guys sound just like Era." A lot or, of like, people you know, say that. You yeah. get that like literally all the time. <laughs> But like you know, it, it makes sense though because like you said, it's like at the core of our writing, it's just like at the backbone of like us as musicians. It's just we we yeah. always kind of. And it's funny because I didn't really think about it like that Me when neither. I first started. You know, I was like, "Oh, this is just really cool." But when I look back, it was like that was probably my start into you know more riffy, progressive style metalcore. So. Mm. Yeah, and, and like, Definitely. and like I was saying, like when I was trying to figure out, like if this was on, if this song was like kind of like on an era album, what album would this fit on? Just because I'm just trying to make it so that I can connect with it myself, and I'm like, this would definitely fit on their most recent one because it does have that more synthy part so, over yeah. it. However, it still has that heaviness there, so it's kind of the it's kind of the mix of everything. And looking at what Aaron did on their self titled one, it kind of had that mix as well. So I'm like, if I if I if this if they put that on that album. I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I'm really, um, which, you know, this is, I mean, I first mean, of all, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, their, you know, their self-titled came out way after we wrote all of our songs, but I'm, I'm actually thoroughly impressed with their self-titled album, titled album that they yeah. just came out with. It's, it's very good. It does have a lot of elements of their old stuff, which I immediately connected with. And I think they took what they did with like their more recent albums, drift and uh neon, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, you know, they took that, those elements and made them better in my opinion. So I think that's a, I think it's a fantastic album. And also for everyone listening, I'm not saying that Dreamwake is air, like Arrow. What I'm saying is when you, if you're trying to like think of a band, like, okay, if I'm, if I like this band, what, like what band would I like that kind of fits yeah. into the same style? I, again, I'm just going to use Arrow as an example because it's, it is a good example to go with. So that's why I'm bringing yeah, it up um, as the connection um, in terms of like if fans are trying to relate this to okay if i like dream dream like if i'm gonna like dream like like what kind of band would i also i like and like air would be your perfect one to go with north lane being another one as well yeah yeah north they're lane another lane. huge inspiration of ours for sure north lane sure. sick yeah i love them. let me see north lane have you heard the new out or the new single by north lane or album no? and single um i i heard the latest single because um i actually got it sent to me and i'm like Holy shit! Can we get them on the podcast? But for that round, for the single, they were only doing email press for it. So I was like, if you're gonna write an article or something like that, and I'm like, damn. But then I got the yeah. message. It's like, yeah, but when they're gonna be doing podcast uh, runs, we'll let you, like we will let you know. We'll try and figure something out. I'm just thinking. That's sick. Well, hopefully, yeah. That's, yeah, that's awesome so sick. Northland, Northland rips. Yeah, they're they're another band that's just like almost at the backbone of of our writing is you know, like all the like all that stuff. The fall. Yeah, yeah. Wait, where's your shirt? Oh shit! All right, hold on, hold <laughs> Hang on. Ready? <laughs> if you like heavy ass shit, like fall. Humanity's Last Breath and Viljarda, can you read this? No, fall, T H A L L. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. There we go. Yeah, oh baby. Fall. <laughs> oh man. Fall. Perfect. But I'm kind of going into the song to give a little bit people a little bit more of a taste of it, just to see kind of where I was going because right from the intro, I'm like, I kind of was curious by the the riff because it kind of sounded like. A heavier, fast pace, but also 
kind of sound like it was like an 8-bit or 16-bit video game song at the same time as well. With the oh, way that yeah, it had. yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then all of a sudden you go into it, like, get back in the intro, and it goes with this heavier, faster-paced riff, more bursting with kind of a classic metalcore taste. Again, looking at my notes of this, and honestly, I kind of like that intro, even though there's a lot of times, like I said, I like the heavier, faster, in your pa- like kind of more in your face, more rougher, raw kind of style. But that yeah. 8-bit feel kind of gives it, like, that little bit of a synth over it. And I liked it because it shows us where the song is going. It's going to use that as a compliment instead of like the core of it. So it's going to end up seeing how they can bring this heavier metalcore style in and complement it with this lighter synthier kind of like more electronic sound. And then as we got like the, I, then we got into the full on uh, intro, the guitars, the contrast, the heavier tone like with the drums and also the lighter riff on top of it. Again, I thought very similar to what I would think when I went through the whole entire era run through and I was like, I'm a fan of this because it creates variation in the pace. It creates variation in the in the diversity of the sound. It created a yeah. lot of that right from the intro. So I'm just like, damn, we get ourselves into some shit here. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song definitely has thank a lot you, to deliver. You. But yeah, thank you very much, man. Um, you know, we, we, we really aimed, like, since we, we weren't around the scene for very long, like, um, we wanted to come back with, like, a really powerful just like balls to the wall like explosive yeah so we just really focused on getting making that like that first like the first couple seconds of like of you know what you hear like has to be like absolutely just like balls to the wall like you know like right. on fire you know Catch like your attention yeah. right off the bat yeah now. exactly exactly so i think something else we should touch on in this podcast which we haven't really talked about yet is synthwave yes the, the yes. opposite side of our influence aside from the heavy stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. um which i mean we'll talk about this with everybody because it's just something we're really trying to incorporate into our music but synth wave i don't know if you've heard synth wave you know what it is Some i know exactly what it is i'll put it this way i know exactly what it is due to the fact that um do you guys know the band outlier at all yes 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 them. okay so they're, they're they're from man joey during the pandemic he decided to start a synth wave project because oh. He because he wanted to give it a shot and he was working on it with Justin DeBleek, former guitarist for Ice Nine Kills. Oh. And I ended up finding out about it because they wanted to talk about it on the podcast, both of them. And I'm just like, uh yeah, most because I'm a huge Ice Nine Kills. Fan. I'm like, bring it on. And I've interviewed Joy before for Outlier. And they mm-hmm. came up with a they did a whole entire synth wave cover of Dreams by Van Halen. Wow, Ooh, nice. I'm gonna have to hear that. Check it out because not I thought it was damn good, and I'm I'm not I don't really care that much for like just straight synthwave, but I listen to it just because I know what dreams sound like dreams by Van Halen sounds like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And the fact that matter was like if you look into it, it was they got both like the thumbs up from Sammy Hagar on it. They got Sammy Hagar to write a like Sammy Hagar even wrote a post about it saying it was his favorite cover of all time of one of, oh, of any so of the songs. Sick. That's really cool. And then he made a video about it as well on top of it. Like he just kept going, like promoting it. So definitely check it out. It's um the band the, it's the band uh, that project is called Arena. 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 And Arena. then uh, it's the uh, oh. Dreams. It's Dreams. It's covered by Dreams by Van Halen. Really? Yeah, I've oh, definitely cool. heard of that name. Yeah. Yeah. So go check it out because if you got if you're if synthwave is definitely a big influence in your band, which I can tell it is. Yeah. I think you're gonna really enjoy it just because it takes like what Dreams, especially being made in the '80s, it basically takes the van like what van halen did but like makes it that like straight 80 synthwave pop but then there's also a little bit of a uh guitar solo that justin does on it and it literally 
like goes the whole entire Eddie Van Halen signature, but doesn't go, it goes a little bit like not as, you know, crazy and fast because yeah, yeah. you're not going to be able to match Eddie on what he did. On <laughs> yeah, that. But, but it fits the overall flow of the song so damn well. So it's like, yeah. damn, Synthwave, you guys did this good as shit. So I can see where you're coming from with that. And so I do know what Synthwave is. I just wanted to put that up. There. Yeah, 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 we love, we love well, us some Synthwave. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we we like you know. Aside from metal, we're just synthwave huge, junkies, huge you know? synthwave junkies. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the band called The Midnight, but uh, The Midnight and uh, who else? FM84, FM84 huge influence of mine as well. Time, Time Cop, um, Pilot with a Y. Okay, I've I've heard some of these names, but I really haven't listened to a lot of the music though. But I yeah, like the names just, are. It just sounds nostalgia. We essentially want to just like take that nostalgia from all that stuff and kind of cram it into our own sound. Yeah, <laughs> cram it. Yeah, cram it. I got. We pull from so many influences, and we just a found whole lot. What we what we perceive as the our favorite combination of everything. So yeah, that's you know definitely it. Yeah, but yeah. if. You, Oh, go ahead. Check out the midnight. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, check, check out, out the midnight. midnight. The midnight is definitely the best. They're an incredible band. band. They are the kings of synthwave. Well, we're gonna have to do that as well. But of course, also for everyone else too, check out Dreamwake. I mean, I, I think oh, that's yes. a good way to go about it too. If you want to listen to some that like, like synthwave, synthcore, that might be a good way to put it. Synthcore. <laughs> wavecore. Wavecore. Like. Wavecore. 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 Uh, that that's a good way to put it, and I think I have I had even written down too the, of it being wavecore. So that's on me. <laughs> I messed up on that one. It's all good, dude. It's, it's all, all good. good. We toyed with synthcore, retrocore, and then we landed on wavecore, and we were like, you know what? That sounds. That's good. it. Wavecore is the one. Could have had to put the band. So bye, Andy. <laughs> put the band out anyone look? Too, anyone so. want a drum for Dreamwave? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, because even going through the song even further with, with him leaving, I mean, there's a part in here, especially going to the verses, because you kind of kept that, like, from that heavier intro, you kind of kept the style going in there. The higher pitch on the guitar kind of had a little bit of, like, a genty flavor to it. It's kind of add a little more of that wave core part to it. But what I really liked about it, again, now that he's gone, I got, I'll say it without a beer, there's the drumming on it, because it had more consistent, faster pace instead of just, like, that normal metalcore burst style, like the, it was just more consistent with it. But how consistent it was, because it kept the energy of the song up from the intro consistently, but it also didn't compromise on the original sound at the same time as well with the guitar. So everything flowed really well in there in terms Thank of you. going from that intro that to the first verse. I'm just like, everything kind of like where I was expecting, like, okay, I think this is going to go this is gonna go a little bit heavier, but also keep that guitar to really contrast it. Yeah, I just, I'm like, I'm hoping the, the drums just really keep that energy going and this yep. the consistent flow of them instead of the just burst. Keep it at eleven the entire way. Yeah. Like I was saying before, it's gonna have to has to just be absolute, just like maniac status. Like you know, it's probably the most fully aggressive song. You know, all throughout, pretty much every every new song we've written. Yeah, that's know? probably like the heaviest. It, it, it holds heaviest, its, it holds aggressive. the aggressiveness aggressiveness pretty much the whole entire time. So yeah, it does. Especially going to the pre-chorus as well because it does kind of go with a similar sound, but the but it's kind of a more pronounced burst at that point as well. It still kind of has that more consistent pace, but you can tell there's a little bit of a burst in there. However, yeah. the guitar, again, had a little bit more of that uh, gentle influence like what we saw in the verses, kind of dropped out a little bit to have a heavier style for the pre-chorus. And I was a fan of this because you're you're bringing the possibility of bringing more of that wave chorus synth style into the song yeah. later, like for the chorus. 
but you're leading it in through contrast by going heavier at the same point. Well, because especially a lot of times when we see something like in a very metalcore trope, you're going with something heavier to lead into a course, and the course always seems to always tend to have like a little bit of a lighter feel to it. So mm-hmm. you're con- so bringing in that kind of a contrast. I was like, if you're gonna go with something a little bit more that synth wave, synth core kind, wave core kind of style at this point, it makes sense to lead into something like this because you're maintaining yeah. that heaviness, but you're also kind of transitioning to it well at the same time at the same it's point. So, like you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, Andrew, get out. Um, Kevin's drumming for us now. <laughs> All right, good luck, bro. Um, you probably don't want me drumming for you guys because I only drummed between the ages of ten and fourteen, and the amount of drum heads that I broke was a uh, kind of alarming. <laughs> I, was, I was very aggressive. <laughs> Uh, you're in. That's fine. Yeah, you're in. That's on, he does the same. Thing. So what a coincidence. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then perfect. But also going through it, and Andrew did miss it out because I did praise your drumming in the verses on this song as well. So Thank I'll give you, you give you a little Great. bit of that. But we got to the chorus because you go back to that like rapid style with a little bit of that higher distortion on the guitar. Drums give us more of this melodic feel, in my opinion, behind that metalcore bass. But then the synth comes in to really kind of smooth over this part and. It was how the synth worked against that heavier drumming alongside the guitars. It just, I thought it worked out well. But the one thing that was a little bit like a little bit kind of drawn back was on the drumming on this one. I thought it was just a little too far back in terms of the mix because I thought if you kind of had a little bit more pronounced, that contrast with the synth would have been even greater and it would have brought out a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's it's something where it's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring up something like I'm not entirely sure like if I'm a fan of this part or not I will tell you guys why but I'll again like I said yeah, I'm gonna give you course. context behind why I thought that and yeah, right. I'll put it also put it this way take my opinion with a grain of salt if yeah, you, it's, if, well it's also constructive criticism right, you know? yeah, like, I mean we, we, we like take to, constructive yeah we we, we, we sure. like to like to hear what other people think so exactly and I think that may just be a mixed thing to be honest you know what I mean because certain things I mean it's a lot of layers we have if. You know, as you can tell, we have a lot of layers going into our song. So, you know. Yeah. yeah and, and that's actually one thing I did want to ask about as well, because one thing that I had a little bit of a question on was you go after that first chorus and you're going to go back into the second verse. And I love the use of having a deeper bass line in there because it just brought out just like so much more of this deeper sound, this little bit more of an aggressive sound. I'm like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. This is nice. Yeah. However, where I kind of had a little bit of a question on it was, because then this is like the electronic synth kind of comes in and it really takes over what the second verse is going to have. And it's really pronounced. And I was just kind of, in my opinion, especially with using like, I always go to the vocal second, but hearing the vocals, this one, I wasn't sure kind of what the idea was behind having that synth, especially more of the distortion being a lot heavier going into the second verse, just because in my opinion, it kind of drowned out a lot of the other things that were going on in that part. So I just kind of want to know what was the idea behind putting such a high distortion going into the second verse. Second verse. Hmm. No, the um, bass part. The bass part, right? Yeah, it's part. bass, and then you go into the second verse, and it's just because I think uh, oh, even oh, Bobby, your oh, vocals are oh, very, oh, very distorted at that point as well. Oh, after the after the bass part. Yeah, after um, the bass. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it was kind of you know we wanted to do something. You know, the part directly after that is the where we kind of drop tuned everything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we wanted to sort of have something to build up to it to correctly. You know, you don't want to like, you don't want to all the time just go directly into something. I feel like at least in our, our own interpretation yeah. when we write music, you know, sometimes we want to leave people kind of like, all right, all right, you know, what's going to happen and like make them wait a little bit for that big drop. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was, it's kind of a, it's meant as like, a, you know, a flashy riff piece, but also 
something to kind of build up to the next heavy part. Yeah. Because it may not have sounded right if we just went straight to the super low part. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like uh kind of just like what we wanted to carry on with that 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 line that the bass was kind of carrying for the first part. Um, but I didn't want to like we didn't want to like I don't know like make it too crowded. I don't know. I kind of wanted to like I don't know like that part was really it was up in the air for a little bit but I just feel like the way it came out um I don't know I feel like the, the pre-pro sounded differently, didn't it? I feel uh, like I feel bit. like I feel like with like what we did in the studio and like what we eventually came to, it kind of just wound up sounding like that. It just it just spoke to us a little bit more that way. And yeah, it, and it, you know, I mean, you know, it it totally. Now that I'm thinking about it, it totally could have just gone into the part you're you're speaking of, and then the drop tune part. It could have done that, but we just felt that that riff was, um, you know, it, it meant something where it was. So. You know, yeah, it kind of added a separate dynamic to the song that wasn't there before. Yeah, yeah don't get me wrong. I, re- I like that bass riff that kind of led into it. I, I really like that bass riff that led into it because I'm just like, holy shit, this is something different. But then it's when you get to that second verse and that electronic synth is just in the distortion on it. It was re- much more prominent than I had seen it beforehand. And then uh, about, uh, Bobby, on your vocals as well, it was a lot more prominent that distorted them a little bit more than what we had beforehand. In my mind, it just, I necessarily wasn't, sure what the hell oh, was going yeah, on yeah yes yes uh i think i think that was that was an idea of our producer our engineer our engineer yeah 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 because right? yeah, yeah yeah and the pre-pro it was like when the song was was demoed out it was different but when we went to steve um steve that was that was like one of his ideas like on the spot he was like how about we just put you know some distortion and like it sounded pretty cool but um like i don't know um yeah that was that was more like more so like along the lines of just like um just something something that kind of hot like happened on the spot you know i think okay. what it boils down to is like along the lines of like going back to what you were saying before about the creative process that kind of like all of these things take and not only doing everything on the business aspect yourself but basically kind of the creative process of coming to the point where we can actually release music of you know we write on our own and then obviously we bring this to somebody else to go record it and then that musically inclined person hopefully who's you know more musically inclined than us <laughs> says oh like but what if you do this right. and then it sounds really cool so it's just like yeah like all the moment it's just another another brain to help help us you know come up with creative ideas and we've had an amazing team that we've kind of assembled so far between um, working with Steve, who's our produ- producer, and then even Nicholas, um, who's worked with us at mixing, mastering, and really kind of putting his own flair on. You know, yeah, there's been like numerous. Well. numerous um, it's been a really awesome like collective yeah. effort um, to get to where we are. And another yeah. thing too is, um, you know, we we try to maybe not do everything that people would expect, you know, cause you know, when you're listening to music, you obviously sometimes you'll expect like, Oh, maybe there's a breakdown here or there's a riff coming here. You know, it's just, it's just how it works when you, you know, you're listening to a genre, a genre that you're familiar with, but you know, sometimes we'll try to switch it up, you know, shake and bake a little bit, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> know add bake. some stuff that, that, you know, you might not expect in a more generic setting, but you know, we'll try to be a little different out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. It's totally understandable. Kind of similar, like what architects did with the black lung, their song black lungs where all of a sudden it's like everything was consistent. All of a sudden after the, it seemed like it concluded that they went into a whole nother breakdown right after it's like, you weren't fucking expecting that shit. And on the the second verse as well, like I wasn't expecting to have such that heavy synth, the heavy distortion over it. 
And again, remember like what I said earlier, it's like when I like the music that I really relate to and really connect with more, it's more that heavier, harder in your face, more raw kind of style. So with how heavy that was, that was something I personally, I pulled back from a little bit because I'm like, I just don't know exactly what's going on. However, to what you guys said as well, because right after that, when you go into like this, you drop tune everything, you go to this heavier kind of like pre-chorus slash breakdown at the same point as well. It becomes more pronounced. Those guitars, again, you drop it, again, have that heavier sound. And that's, and that synth from the second verse kind of goes to the background as well and has a heavier feel to it. And I really like this because the synth was smooth on this part and it helped kept the pacing, but the heavier yeah. pieces really contrasted well what you guys had in that second verse. So again, when it came to that second verse, while I was still kind of like, I'm not necessarily sure if this is something that like I'm really going to connect to how heavy that synth is, how heavy that distortion is. The yeah. contrast you're going for that was going to lead into that second pre-chorus slash breakdown that has the more drop tune on it. That mm. contrast was rather pronounced and it worked rather well in this case. Yeah, definitely. I, I just feel like that part gets kind of like, it's kind of crowded like with like all the layers. Like we said before, there's a bunch of layers. So like the part probably gets kind of like crowded and it kind of, you know, the, with, the, with the, all the distortion, it kind of gets like lost in the mix. So I, I can fully understand why you would pull back from that. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, it, it, just, it contrasts very well with the, it, it like, it like makes the breakdown hit even harder, you know, cause like you're hearing it one way all of a sudden like it drops and it's just, you know, it's just like, it has a, <laughs> the biggest balls ever. You know? yeah. like, it's an unorthodox <laughs> buildup, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we could have done a normal buildup with just like, you know, with like Toms or, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. But, but you would have expected that. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it was a little more unorthodox. So that's why we tried to do it. Try to yeah, experiment a lot. Yeah, because that was the one. That was one of the things that stood out to me was like after I was, I was like, kind of like, what the hell's going on here? In my opinion, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, a bunch of shit. I I take that as a compliment. To be honest, I. I absolutely love when people are like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, I, I don't know. I just did it. Don't listen to it. Next, yeah, it was like, what the hell is going on here? I don't know what they're going for. Oh, fuck yeah. And all of a sudden, get to that heavier break. I'm like, okay, yeah, this exactly. actually, like, that like, contrast just worked out incredibly well. And so, even, I'll put it this way, even there's points, times in certain songs that I look at, I'm like, not necessarily like in that part, but however, there might be a time where, like, you know, that heavier breakdown slash pre chorus wouldn't have necessarily hit as hard or as impactful had yeah. that crazy right. distortion not have been there right before it. it it's it's a yin and yang kind of thing and yeah, yeah that's kind of something i love about heavier music too is the the unexpectedness you know like something it's stuff that just kind of keep it fresh you know yeah. there's a bunch of bands you Gotta know that, that do like a lot of the stuff like a lot of the same stuff but like it's you have to like shake it up you have yeah. to just like you throw a curveball you know shake like, and bake. Shake <laughs> and <bake>. you know <laughs> like that's what really like sets you apart if you just kind of like I don't know, like, don't be afraid to do something different, even if you if you feel like nobody might like it. It's more of so, like, you should just, like, try it. Yeah, just try yeah, it. Try like, it, yeah. You know, Which don't, is, yeah. Ahead, no, that's, that's all I have to say. That's just what we do with our music, is we just try it. Like, yeah. that's, that's kind of an aspect that, that we've built up with writing this album, too. Like it, like, I mean, that that's... Should we do this? Well, let's just give it a that's give it a shot. That's literally how when we when we were writing Luna, we recorded that breakdown, the drop tune part, um, not drop tuned, and then I forget who it was. We we're like, yo, what if we just pitch shifted it like a whole octave <laughs> yeah. down? And yeah, we're like we all just sitting there and like playing it, it and, like waiting, wait, it was building up, please and like we're just good. waiting for it. And we're like, please sound good, please <laughs> sound good, and then it hit, and we're just like, woo! Like, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's the kind of risk you have to take, though. And even with those, with those risks as well, there could be a time where it's like, you know, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? And if it sounds like it's going to work to you after you listen, it's like, well, fuck yeah, go for it. And then there's times where it's like, you know, if you're going to when you put it out there, 
there's going to be times where, you know, certain fans are going to really, really like what you did on it. There's yeah. going to be certain fans that are like, what the hell's going on here? But if you kind of stay too consistent with like, okay, we're going to do exactly what, if you look at metalcore and its base, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be like, right. okay, what's kind of special about that? I mean, take a look exactly. at it. I should listen to you guys if I can listen to these guys and get the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example of it. So it's kind of like, Oh, why would you, if if you sound just like, kind of like, you know, that straight metal course, like as I lay dying, why don't I just listen to as I lay dying instead. And then take a look at all the bands that like got super duper big, especially more the metal course side, kind of some of the crazier stuff they were doing like attack attack. I mean, they got, they blew up with just going a little bit completely different using some, using some of those keyboards in there and kind of some electronic more dance stuff. In yeah. metalcore as well. It's just like, yeah, probably people at first were like, what the fuck is this? Then all of a sudden, yeah. after Stick Stickly came out, everyone's yeah, just like, yes. how the <laughs> fuck did we not think of this before? Too, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely, yeah. I'll say that. It's what keeps it fresh, man. It's what keeps it fresh. And one other thing I have to go on to is, we got to put Bobby on the spot here with them vocals. Because, of course, you know, if I'm going to talk about the instrumentals like crazy, I'm going to, that puts all three of you guys on blast. But then there's Bobby. Got to, got to, got to look at him. And, the heavier, more raw, unclean style of the vocals, especially looking at that uh, first verse and the pre-chorus as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, just looking at it again, making that kind of comparison to kind of that, especially with the guitars again, a little bit higher pitched in terms of yeah. how they contrast against the heavier drumming that metalcore style. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm thinking of Arrow like this, and I know what they how like when they're doing it, what works well kind of in their core of it. I'm like, okay, hearing this kind of style is. Bobby's vocal is going to hit the exact same way. And with the faster and heavier backing, those more raw, unclean styles, they work so well in kind of that classic sense. The pace was so well matched, again, to really match up with the heaviness of the drum. But then the like how it kept the guitars pronounced at the same time as well did very well. In the pre-chorus, again, saw the same thing, but with less vocals and more of this like straightforward to compare with the heavy instrumentals. So I'm like, you know what? Again, it gives it that flair really well done. But mm-hmm. then when we got to the chorus, like the vote, you, cl- you cleaned them up, got more melodic, kind of had a little bit of a distortion over them as well with the synth style. And yeah. it worked really well with the slightly slower pacing compared with the synth overlay. And I was like, this is where the n- mix really needed to be right to let the vocals still stand out and yeah. have that synth stand out at the same point as well to the point where nothing gets drowned out. And the chorus, again, yeah. that mix needed to be right. And that mix was right. Like it was done really well. So it stood out from flowing from that first verse to the pre-chorus to the chorus. And I'm just like, damn, they like that flow just works so well in terms of that heavier sound. And all of a sudden going to the chorus, having to clean a little bit more of that like synthy distortion over it to give it a little bit of a softer flow. But how it worked with the synth and how it worked with the more melodic style of that part, even though it still had a heavier, faster pace to it, man, it just worked. (laughs) <laughs> thank you thank you like i i feel like I, I put a lot of time and effort into like my like like i don't know like all my syllables and what's that called again like pronunciation well, not that but like what's like the certain term that's used speaking i don't know <laughs> but I, no i don't know like I don't know. Uh, I don't know but it's articulation whatever. but anyways i i really focus on like how I, I guess i guess I focus a lot. I put like a lot of time on that. That's probably like where I focus the most of my time. Like how I, it's pretty much like how I write my lyrics too. Is like before I actually write any lyrics at all, like I'll, I'll jam the song a million times and then kind of just like, you know, like hum or like, you know, like make noises with my, with my mouth like along to like the beat and kind of like figure out like what's the most like finesse your way. No That's what well, that too. To but like what, what's the, what's the most finesse way I can, I can, you know, 
I can lay down lyrics without them stepping on any other instrument's toes. You know, I kind of like make sure it flows as nice as it can. And then once I kind of figure out, like, um, I get like almost like an outline of where I need to place the words. I kind of like, I write something and I kind of like narrow it down and they make it fit into those spaces. So it all kind of flows as best as I can get the flow. It's you're trying to make sure that the emotions that you're feeling on this track and how they're being yes, presented, yes. that your pitch and your tone and everything around that is going to match up with how you want it to flow. And then the big next thing is after you figure out how you want that all to flow together, you make sure you do that and effective, effectively do that. What words are you going to say over it then? Exactly, exactly. That's like, but like, to me, like, that, that's like the most important, like, aspect of, of vocals, though, is just like how, how they come out, like, how they kind of like lay on the track. Like, you can have like, you know, screams at a certain part, but like, if you say it the wrong way or like they, they kind of like overlap with something else that it shouldn't overlap with, it's not going to sound as great as it can be. You know, you have to like, each instrument has its own voice. You know, it has to like be heard a certain way. You can't like, I don't know it all has a certain purpose. So like, it's all kind of like, it's all like a giant puzzle. You kind of have to like rearrange stuff to fit in certain spots. So like vocals definitely for me come last, but, and that's when I kind of like pretty much just like, you know, get like a, like a shell of, of how I'm going to pronounce certain things. I kind of just cram the words into those shells and uh, <laughs> that's the song. <laughs> and song and it comes out like that. And then we get something like Luna that we can all jam to. Like and just Luna, enjoy. man. Like Luna. <laughs> And now that we've gone through the meaning, the instrumentals, the vocals as well, one thing I always like to do at the end of these is to try and summarize my overall feelings on it and overall. And again, if you see me turn my head and not really look at you is because there's about, let's see how many lines, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines in a Microsoft Word document for, for this shit. And then I put overall when it comes to mixing that synthwave style metalcore all into one with that wavecore sound, I think... Dreamwake, for the most part, did a great job on this track. For most of the song, they layered the synth and the lighter sound of the guitar, let the backing stay heavy to provide this great contrast while keeping up this greater, higher, faster-paced energy style. Again, similar to what I found when I listened to Era, and I'm a big fan of how they accomplished this. The chorus has this great flow with the melodic metalcore style attached to it, and the synth overlaying it being mixed into contrast against the heavier pre-chorus and breakdown really did work out well. I will say again that heavy distortion on the second verse is something that personally I pull back from because I, it's a little, it, I, I felt like at times of like the pacing still worked well to really connect the overall song. Yeah. However, for what I listen to, what I like it, for me, it kind of just like the, the heavy distortion. I'm like kind of yeah. confused me a little bit, but then again, the contrast it has when that pre-chorus breakdown in the second right after it, it does work out well. So it's, it's nothing where it's like, if it was gone, that pre-chorus, might not necessarily have as powerful of a thing as it is. But then again, when I look at the song, I'm like, that's the one part I'm like kind of pulling back from. However, if it's one part I'm pulling back from, but then the rest of it is absolutely insane and it layers that synth perfectly over it for that wave core kind of style, you can see that all of a sudden when it comes to Dreamwake, if you're fans of Air, if you're fans of Northlane, if you're fans of any of those bands, this is going to be a band that you're going to want to keep tabs on. This is going to be a band that you're going to want to just make sure you follow for the rest of the time that you're able to follow them, whether it's their lifetime or your lifetime. So am I going to give this one a thumbs up? You know what? Nah, because I'm going to give it two instead. 
Uh, <laughs> I got you on that one. <laughs> you got me. I was like, yeah. oh, dude. <laughs> it's like you're talking about, all this positive stuff, and it's going to be like, you're going to give it this? No, I mean, I got two thumbs. If I had another hand, I'd give you a third one, but I then everyone would be questioning, how the hell do you have a third hand? I'm pretty you sure the toes, government would. big toes. <laughs> if I had a third hand and a third thumb, I'm pretty sure all of a sudden the government would show up and be like, um, we need to take you for testing. And I'd just be like. We need your third thumb. Yeah, and I'll be like, well, see you guys. I'm never going to see you again after that, so that's not good. <laughs> but also, after this track, is because now it's out right now, everyone's able to listen to it, and everyone that is watching the video on YouTube, you will see at the bottom of the video, you'll see the fact that Luna is available now, and that you can listen to it wherever you listen to music, whether you stream it or still download it like I do because of how much I work with this stuff, so... Yeah, I'm going to have everything down there for you when it comes to links to stream it so that you can also follow along with Dreamwave to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. So, yeah, got you covered on that front. So, really, the last thing I have to ask you guys in this instance is, going forward for the rest of the year, what can we expect from you guys? Music. Uh, yeah, a lot <laughs> a lot of content, that is for sure. We, we've been gone for too long, so... We've come back to bless y'all with some <laughs> some good tunes. Some Dreamwake vibes. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff planned. Um, definitely throughout the rest of the year. Like, um, yeah, like yeah, what, which we say tons of releases. To be honest, more, I mean, more you know. music, more videos. Um, definitely a lot of stuff for people to resonate with. Yeah. And uh, playthroughs. Once you know. once it's safe for shows to come back. I mean, we want to come back and and play shows as quickly as we can but definitely as safely as we can. So yeah, basically waiting on the touring market, yeah, to be yeah. honest, respectfully, you know what I mean? Those are the people who lost their jobs and stuff. So, you know, we're going to wait for them to, to get back to it. And once they're back though, we're back. Yep. Yeah. So, we'll be you back know, on stage. it's going to be a busy year for us for sure. Definitely. Totally understandable. And as we close out this podcast, the w one thing I always like to end with is by giving you guys a chance to say whatever you want, plug whatever you want. So, Got to say this to you guys from Dreamwake. The floor is yours. The floor is ours. Okay. Well, ours. You know, plug uh, anything? Plug anything. Uh, um, no. Real quick, honestly. <laughs> um, shout out my mom. No, she's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Uh, wait, wait. Shout out Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Wayne. Oh, yes. We love Wayne. Wayne. Wayne, Wayne. Wayne is our merch guy who just opened up his own shoe store. Um, if you're to hype gear and stuff like that, I bought gear, this hoodie from his store, actually. It's called Impossible Kicks. They're opening a bunch of locations um, mm -hmm. around the U.S. Um, shortly, hopefully with, over the next year. But shout out Impossible Kicks. Shout out Wayne. Um, if you're in the Connecticut area, go shop, buy some shoes. And Impossible clothes. Kicks. <laughs> really and truly. Wayne um, is a beast. Our producer, Steve, mm -hmm. um, Nicholas. Um, for delivering a really awesome mix. There's a few other people that I don't want to give away any spoilers, so I'm not going to shout out just yet. Hopefully yep. on a future podcast. Shout out so Alex. Alex on again. Audrey from Breakout. Shout out yep. Audrey from She's Breakout great. VR. Shout out Alex. Yep. Yep. Black Wolf Imaging, who did the video. Absolutely talented. Dude. Everyone that made everything thus far possible. Yeah. Like, the, the whole team. Shout out. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone who has helped us in any way to get where we are now, it's, you know, Honestly, just go stream the absolute crap out of Luna and enjoy it and memorize the words and come sing it at a show really, really soon, hopefully, as soon as possible. Wear a mask. You'll be, seeing us, be seeing us sobbing on stage. The first time we play a show, dude, I'm literally, literally going to be sobbing on oh, stage. Oh, we, we had a bet, like, who was going to cry at what point during, this, during our first set back? All of us at the first note. Down, during a sound check. <laughs> sobbing during a sound check. 
What, all you need to do is you need to get a piano, play the G note to start, and then just start crying. Because everyone will. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm, and I'm like, are they trying to cover MCR right now? It's like, no, no, no. We just needed that to just let out a uh, good cry. Give me a moment, bro. Give me a moment. Well, I will say this before I go through my final three things that I like to say. So really when I give the bands like the floor at the end is to like say whatever they want, play whatever they want. No one really ever gives shout outs to people that like work with them or help them out, like, or do some of their music. So I got to give you guys a lot of credit for that. Cause usually it's, I mean, of course they're going to plug and they're going to thank other people, but no one's gone like to the extent that you guys have gone with that. So we love our team. Family, bro. We wouldn't be here without them. This team that we've had, like, you know, we've Kevin, Bob and I have all been in bands, you know, years prior to this Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the teams we've worked with haven't been quite right. It just hasn't all connected. But for some reason with Dreamwake, the team we've had working with this album and, you know, all this new music has been absolutely been incredible. Incredible. Know? Like, it finally feels like real. It feels like whole. It feels normal and it feels like right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It just feels every like single it's... Every single person who has helped has been incredible and helped us bring it to life the way we wanted it to. So, so shout out Dreamwake team. Wouldn't be possible yeah. without those people. Shout out to the Dreamwake team for that. So now it is time for me to close up this podcast with three things. First things first, when it comes to finding Dreamwake online, when it comes to streaming Luna, and when it comes to being able to get in with the band, follow them on their socials, buy some merch from them, whatever it might be. If you guys are thinking, Kevin, do I have to look up this stuff? Do I have to search it up online? Why can't you just put the links in the description below like you always do? Well, I am always doing that, so it's going to happen here. Take a look at the description <laughs> of this podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or on YouTube. You'll see something that says Find Dreamwake Online. You're going to see labels for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the website, their merch, where you can stream their music, where you can stream Luna, where you can watch the Luna video as well, so that all you have to do is just click on them and go from there. I'm making it as easy as possible. Convenience is the key here, people, so you have no excuse to not get into this band and check them out right now. Again, if you love bands like Era and Northlane, go check out Dreamwake. That is a great way to kind of gauge what you'd be getting into because in terms of not only sound, but quality at the same time as well. Had to put in my little radio voice for quality. Secondly, thank you. Thank you. Secondly, all right, guys. This is a this is something I do on the podcast where the guests that I have on, I absolutely enjoy having on. And if I had a great podcast and I had a great time, I make this kind of a promise. This happens 100% of the time, and this is happening once again. However, I'm changing up just a little bit. So this the promise normally is if and when I get to see you guys play live for the first time. Well, not if, it is a when. The premise is always first round's on me because I do want to see you guys play live. However, I am changing this one up because we had a little bit, at the beginning of this podcast, we had a conversation about Super Smash Bros, right? Oh, oh man. So here is the promise I'm making you guys. And this is, and it's also kind of a little bit of a challenge for you too, because I want to see you guys come out and play here in Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. And if you do, I will make sure that here where I live right now, there is a fridge in the corner is a PBR mini fridge. It will be stocked full of beer. Okay. 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 I will have, I have the N64. I've got all those games, got Smash Bros. Market, whatever you want, ready to go. You guys, I mean, the, the, the promise is you guys come over here. I'll say the promise is you guys come over here and we play Smash Bros and drink and play market yes. and do whatever the fuck yeah, we're, yeah, we're there. Boys we're, have a great kick ass time. Hell, order as much food as you guys fucking want to because I love doing this podcast with you guys. So, yeah, we're making this happen. We're going to make a we're whole there. entire fucking party we out of it. You'd never ask. We're there, bro. We're there. Hell yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. So make sure you come out to Milwaukee. We'll make it happen. Yes, we, we, we'll sir. Be- 
on the real, we will definitely hit you up when we're out in Milwaukee. Yeah. Definitely, we'll make it happen already. So, on that note, Andrew, Bobby, Kevin, Dave, I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience with a goodbye because, hell, I want to see you guys play live. And, well, I made a incredibly large promise right there. And with all my promises, like Game of Thrones, I, I always repay my debts. So, yes, I'm making sure that this happens. So, I cannot end this with a goodbye because that seems too final. That seems like, oh, that's it. No. See you soon. See you soon. That's why I end it with see you later. See you soon, bro. See you guys. Thank you again. Whoa, folks. That was my interview with the guys from Dreamwake out of Connecticut. Once again, their brand new song, Luna, is out now. So go check it out. You can find anything you know about the band, links to their socials, where you can watch it for Luna, where you can stream it uh, in terms of the song and the video, where you can buy their merch as well in the description of this podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Play. No, not Google Play anymore. iHeartRadio and YouTube. Forgot about Google Play. I keep forgetting it's gone. Make sure you follow along with the band because they got brand new music coming out more and more over the course of the year that you're not going to want to miss, especially if you're fans of the bands like Era and Northlane. So you know, especially if you're making that Northlane video me liking the band, then I'm going to follow along with this as well. Plus, dude, that promise I made to these guys, um, let's just say this. I hope to God that this happens to rather later because I want to play Smash Bros. with these guys, drink some beer at the PBR fridge, have some pizza, and just enjoy it all hell. And as I close this out, remember what the toll of the podcast is, is if you're listening to this, again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please comment. Please do all that stuff. But the toll is share with somebody. Please share this episode with a friend, someone in your family that likes rock or metal, anybody that likes music, or share it online. You can tweet the episode. You can... Uh, post about on Instagram, you can post about on Facebook, post the episode to a Facebook group. That is always a good one as well. So please do that. Please follow along with MSOTD Rocks. Again, links are below for everything. So on that note, that's it for me. Thank you for watching listening to the Code Progression Podcast with MSOTD Rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin. Yes, my name. And you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya.